I really created a relationship with our developers where they weren't really taking me very seriously. And after $30,000, we really didn't have anything. I came to the realization that, you know what, I need to start all over again. And at this time, I, I did it right. I made sure that all the mistakes I did before, I didn't repeat that this time around. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 120 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Yabirago, the founder and CEO of FemBNB. They're the first social networking vacation rental platform for women by women. After being assaulted at a vacation rental, Ya was shocked to hear her host brush off the experience as a normal occurrence. It was then that she set off to create a platform that could facilitate travel rentals with the safety and comfort of women in mind. This is one of the most raw and honest conversations you'll probably hear on the show. Ya shares how she's bounced back from disappointment that would probably force many of us to give up. She gives us insights into her leadership style, her support system, how she's gotten visibility for her platform, and so much more. Before we hear the rest of Yah's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Yah's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. If Yah's experience inspires you to launch your own business, the She's Offscript podcast also has a membership community that will help you launch and grow your business with resources and coaching. Join our Boss Offscript community today by going to sewaajpele.com forward slash community. With that, let's go off script with Yah Burago, the founder and CEO of FemBNB. Yah Burago, welcome to She's Offscript. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Yah. Yah is my first name. A lot of the listeners may not know that, but this is my namesake on here. <laughs> so, but for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Sure. So my full name is Yah Burago, as you mentioned already. Um, I'm from Canada. I live in Canada, but I'm also from Ghana. Um, my parents were born in, in Ghana and I grew up in Canada. I... Um, I have two two young boys. Um, I'm also a tech entrepreneur, and I've been in the tech industry for over ten years. Um, I'm also an IT consultant, um, and um, for the past, I would say, ten years, I've been running a nonprofit organization called Hands Over Hero Foundation. So we do a lot of mentorship programs in Canada as well as in Ghana. And in the last three years, I've embarked on a new journey, um, creating my company called FemBNB. So FemBNB is essentially a social networking platform that alleviates safety issues associated with women by helping them rent spaces um, to other women to maximize safety, along with an AI travel assistant to help women um, find their trips from start to end. So essentially, that's a bit about myself. <laughs> that was um, a good intro. I liked it. So... You mentioned that you grew up in Canada, and I know you did grow up with a mom who was very entrepreneurial. So how do you think watching her prepared you for entrepreneurship? Um, I think that I mean, she has... Um she has resilience. I think she she has some she's someone that has been able to really fight all the struggles that comes along with entrepreneurship. Um, she has so many planned so many businesses or started so many businesses that didn't go well, and she's 
still be able to pick up herself and and go after what she wants. So I think that is something that I really learned from her resilience, um, being able to also, you know, self-motivate herself to pick up when she fails and really not um, beating herself down. You know, sometimes I think that when situation happens, we tend to put ourselves down and, and, and you know, make it seem like it's our fault. But she always finds a way to really, you know, redo it again or, or really motivate herself to start all over again. So that's something that I've learned and it has actually been helpful for me right now because of the things that I go through every day um, on this journey and being able to motivate myself each and every single day. So, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you are CEO and co-founder of FemBNB. And with that business, you've entered a market that already has some big players. So what sets you apart from the likes of Airbnb and the VRBOs of the world? Um, Thank you for that question. That's a question that I get asked all the time. What is our secret sauce? And that is what's, I mean, our secret sauce is essentially us being a um, woman-centric platform catering to women only, as well as our her community. That's a future that we'll be we'll actually be releasing in, in the near future. And that is essentially like more like a social networking, allowing women to connect with other women no matter where they are around the world and really creating a community no wherever you are, you're able to actually find another woman travel or another woman host that is willing to connect with you. Uh, and, and really support your travel endeavors. So that is something that also sets us apart. Another one of our another secret sauce is our, our is our artificial intelligence travel assistance, and we call it travel companion because it allows you to travel along with this companion to help you plan your trips, your itinerary, as well as even you know giving you some tips, safety safety tips when you travel to certain countries, even some 911 um, information, emergency information to kind of help you um, on your travel, um, on your trip. So that is what sets us apart from Airbnb, us really catering to women and really ensuring that your safety is the forefront as to everything that we do. Why did you choose to go with the name FemBNB? It's very closely aligned with Airbnb. Well, um, femme, femme means woman in French, you know, so I figured something that people can relate to. I mean, I'm catering to women. At the same time, B&B is a, is a, is a husband, uh, has been there all the time. It's not it's not Airbnb that has actually that that actually coined that name. It's always been their bread and breakfast. It's just short form is BNB. So I thought, okay, women and there's already a big player, Airbnb. So I think that the correlation when people see our name, they automatically know exactly what we're about. And that is why I chose the name FemBNB. Got it. So you don't really have to explain what you're doing because there's already a market there. Right. So now I know you did start working on FemBNB in 2017, but by September of 2019, you were $30,000 in with no working site. And so that two-year period could make or break an entrepreneur. What kept you going all this time? I think, um, you know, it's, it's my why. Like, you know, I went back to why I started this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as entrepreneurs or anybody that goes through certain situations, anything that beats you down, 
you go through it and you're like, why am I doing this? And for me, I had to go back to the why, the reason why I started this. And that's what kind of kept me motivated because I want to make sure that other women do not go through similar situations that I've been through. And that is essentially where my passion came from. The reason is why. Why is because I had a horrible experience when I traveled. And that is, you know, reason why I kept going. And I said, you know what? I started it. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting, you know, even though it didn't work for the first two years, there's something bigger and a bigger vision that's bigger than me that I need to fulfill. So essentially my why is what kind of pushed me to to continue. What was that horrible travel experience you had? It's a long story just to kind of keep it short. I had traveled to three different countries as a birthday present for myself. And um, I went to Rome and essentially I got lost because of the incorrect information that the host provided me. Um, I was then sexually harassed in front of my Airbnb apartment. Um, when I found my way back to the Metro Center to contact the host, I shared my concern with him. He actually provided me with a new accommodation he thought it would be much safer for me. When I got there and I met him, like, you know, I shared my experience with him. I'm like, hey, is this something that happens all the time? He's like, oh, this happens all the time. Nothing will happen to you. He kind of like brushed it off. Mm. And I'm like, what? You know, he's like, yeah, this happens. It happens all the time. That means I'm not the only person that have gone through it. And his response was not something that I expected. And it kind of threw me off. And that was basically my aha moment. And I'm like, you know what? How can I create a platform that would ensure that of course, safety is not guaranteed, but at least maximize it, right? Find a way to alleviate some of those safety issues. And, and that is why I started Femme mm. And I think there's so much we can learn from your experience so far. So take us back to the beginning. When you first started, after you had that aha moment that we need a platform like this, what were the first three things you did to kick off the business? And in retrospect, would you change those three things in any way? I don't think I would change it at all because I think that every experience is what has shaped the, this moment right now. Every experience that I've been through in the past or the steps that I took is what has propelled me to be in this position at this moment. So I would not change anything. Um, one of the things, one of the first thing I did was when I came back, I had this aha moment. I shared this idea with my friend. Um, sometimes when we have ideas, we automatically think we have to keep it to ourselves so nobody can steal it. Mm-hmm. But when you actually do not share it and maybe validate in some way, or some way you may think your idea is so great, but it's really not. So um, I shared it with my friend and then we ended up um, also applying for a competition that we actually ended up winning. Um, so that was a validation for me. Um, another way for me to, for me to, for me, um, in terms of really validating that this was an, a good idea, we actually also went out and um, did surveys. You know, we did surveys with women in the mall outside, asking them, you know, would this be a service that they will use? Have they gone through any, you know, unfortunate situations before while they're traveling? And that also kind of shaped everything as to exactly what I wanted to create. Market validation is ongoing. Um, it is something we're still doing. Um, mm. However, I think the beginning stage, that market validation that we did actually did help us to really formulate the idea as to what exactly we wanted this platform to be. So that was the second thing that we did 
The third thing that I did was right away, I went to go register the the, um, the name. So we did registration for the name. We bought the um, we bought the the domain name as well as all the social the social media handles because right now social media handles as well as the name is way important than even going to do the registration. So we did that as a third step. So that was what I, I basically did. Those those three steps is what I actually took. And that has essentially followed us all the way till now and has, you know, has really, really, um, I guess, yeah, it did help for sure as to our journey and how far we've been so far. So. At what point did you start to think about building your app? Because I'm very curious about that process. We also had Tara Reed on the show, who is with Apps Without Code, because now technology has advanced so much that you can build your app without code. But maybe back then it wasn't as prevalent. So how did you go about that? Because the outcome, as I already said, was $30,000, no app that worked. So regarding the stage to really build an app, I have an experience in product management. I've been a business system analyst for a while, so I know exactly the process through the whole LDLC, which is the software development lifecycle. So I know the whole idea regarding that. The first step I took was actually get a designer. I first actually, I wrote down my requirements, right? Wrote down exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I got a designer to actually design the, the application for me. And then after I got developers to get on. The mistake that I think I actually did was really wanting so much in the app, really wanting so every single thing in the application and thinking that every single thing is important, you know, and, um, and, and that became very overwhelming for the developers as well, because we're going into um, MV. We technically MVP should have literally the minimum viable product, but I was literally wanting every single thing, and that was the mistake that I did, and um, and and really not setting my timeline in a sense of timeline in, in regarding when the application will be completed by really being stern on that timeline, really being like, hey, we need to get this done by this time. And, and I think that really did hurt us a lot. And I think I've, I've mentioned it before. I really created a relationship where developers were, they weren't really taking me very seriously. Right. Mm. Even though I had the project management skills and all that stuff, they were really taking me because I had a really comfortable relationship with them. So they kind of took everything for granted. And, um, after, yeah, after $30,000, we really didn't have anything. Right. And um, I came to the realization that, you know what, I need to start all over again. And then this time I, I did it right. I made sure that everything that I all the mistakes I did before, um, I didn't repeat that this time around. So that's why we were able to launch in less than a year when oh, we wow. started. Yeah. So definitely lesson learned there. <laughs> and I, I want to hear more about how you got to where you are now. But I, I wonder about that transition point. I'm a big believer in having a support system around you. And clearly you must have a strong one to be able to bounce back so strongly from a setback like that. So what is the support system that you've had in place and how has that evolved over time? The support system is very important. A lot of people try to start 
uh, business, especially tech business by themselves. Mm. It really, you can't start it by yourself. It is hard. That is why they always say if you have a co-founder, it goes a very long way, especially um, someone that has an experience, a technical background experience, and even business as well. Um, so my, my co-founder at that time was uh, instrumental. Um, because I had said I'm done. I actually did say I'm done. And she's like, no, we're not done. We started it. We so my co-founder was instrumental in regarding us really pushing forward. Um, another thing is really plugging into the 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 tech the tech ecosystem, right? Um after we made up our mind, yeah, we're going to go ahead with it. The mistake that we did before was we were kind of behind the scene. Nobody really knew what we were doing. Um, people didn't even know who the co-founders, who the co-founders were for FemBNB. We had a social media pages, but nobody knew who we were. So what I did initially come, I think, early this year was somewhere in January. I came out to let everybody know what I'm working on. And I really plugged into the tech ecosystem. And that was how I was able to kind of get some advisors on board, was able to kind of find certain people that have experience already. Also, you know, people that have, you know, technical entrepreneurs that have done it and been there and know exactly what they did to get there. I basically, you know, plugged into those um, network and really really, really helped me propel us to move forward in terms of how far we've been. The circle is super important in terms of really developing this application and really, you know, taking advantage of every single thing that comes my way. Um, if it's pitch competitions, if it's grants, anything that literally um, we see, we're applying for. And, and that also kind of helped as well. So that's essentially how, how we did it. How is it that in today's landscape, you were able to stay behind the scenes for so long. I know this is a conversation I have with a lot of founders where they don't want people to see their faces. Why didn't you show your face earlier? You know, thank you for that question again, because I think this is something that I always wanted to talk about. Um, as a Black founder and also being a female, being in the tech industry, you have a sense, sometimes you do go through that impulsive syndrome. Um, I've been in tech for a long time and like some of my old teams, I will be the only woman, woman actually on the team. And um, that imposter syndrome does kick in. So when I started this company, I had imposter syndrome. I really thought, oh my God, maybe I'm in the wrong space. Maybe I don't belong here. There's a bigger player in here already. What are people going to say? Oh, you know, I'm a black woman coming up with this. So I felt like I needed to stay behind the screen. I didn't want people to really know who I am because of the fear of what people would say or think of me. And um, when I got over that, even coming out on Facebook to announce it was a big hurdle for me because I'm like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm crazy, <laughs> you know, coming up with this. Will people support me? Will my friends actually, you know, like what I'm doing? Will they share it? All these things were like literally running through my mind. And that's what kind of kept me behind because funny enough, Prior to FemBNB, I was running a nonprofit organization. I was all out. Everything I did was out on Facebook before Instagram really picked up. Everything was up on Facebook. I got awards. I got to speak at TEDx. Everything, I, I did all that because of my nonprofit organization, because I'll plug into the community. And I didn't really have that impulsive syndrome. So I, my face was out. 
But the moment I started FemBnB, it was a different story. I was scared to come on because of what I thought people would say. So it was, it was, yeah. I think it had really the fear of what people would say and 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 having that um, that insecurity, like, oh, would this really, you know, would this would this business succeed and all that, really is what kept me behind. But now, you know, I've been out and and. And I've been plugged, so. <laughs> and I, I see you, and that's how I came across <laughs> you. I came across you on Instagram, and you have a lot of information out there. You're talking about what it is you are doing, giving behind the scenes looks into what you are building, and that's really what brings people in closer to your story and gets them behind what you're doing. So yeah. today, where does FemBnB stand? Um, today, I think that, I mean, with the pandemic, you know, travel industry has been hit the most. Mm -hmm. However, we truly believe that this is also a time that we, we this is a good time for us to launch because that would allow people to see what we're building. We also kind of give us more time to really cultivate our community to the, to the best of our ability and, you know, get people excited to travel again. Come next year when the vaccine comes out, people will be excited to travel. And we are, I think we're in a very good position to really receive all that excitement, to really receive that, um, you know, boost like, hey, travel is back again, self-care, let me go my way and let me, let me take care of myself. So we think we're in a very good position. We've launched our MVP. We have so many other things that we want to release, like our artificial intelligence travel system we'll be releasing in the next few weeks. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think, I think, I think it's not, I mean, thinking of a pandemic, launching a pandemic is, it's not the prettiest thing. There's a lot of hurdles, but I think that we, 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 we are in a good position right now to be able to really leverage on the, on the trend, even of staycation on the trend of, you know, local travel, really leverage on that. And that's why um, we, we, we launched in, in the middle of pandemic. Yeah. Mm. So how are you applying your MVP to local travel right now? So right now travel is not really happening. Staycation is what's happening. And even right now in the winter season, people are not really traveling, right? So what we are trying to do is really get more hosts to listen our, on our platform. So get more hosts to listen on our platform. So come when people are ready to travel, maybe in the springtime, we will actually have the supply to meet the demand. So that is what we're working on with our MVP right now, really getting more hosts to list their properties. What's your process for getting hosts on the platform? Because I think it, that might be similar to also getting new clients for a business is you have to go out there and entice them in some way. How are you doing that? So um, good thing is that we were actually prior to our launch, we had over 800 um, wait listers that are willing to use our platform. So that is how we've been able to, of course, get people to sign up with us. As well as Instagram, you know, we do a lot of promotion on Instagram, like digital marketing is huge. Um, that is another way that we are getting early adopters on our platform, as well as partnerships. So right now we're in the process of really partnering with some women organization, travel organizations. Um, this is all part of our go-to market plan and how we be able to kind of get more people to list on our platform or at least use our service. It's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's been very difficult difficult because right now nobody's excited to travel, right? Mm -hmm. So we are looking at different ways to kind of, you know, 
help people to, to really realize that travel has not gone anywhere. It's about to come. So we are also putting in events together. We have an event coming up in January, actually, we're gonna we're gonna release the information coming soon. But um, we are hoping to have an event in January, get people excited about travel again, telling people how to really make money with home sharing and all that stuff. So that's some of the ways that we are we really trying to you know get people excited about our platform. Mm. So you talk about the market not being excited. I have to imagine that internally, your team is probably also taking an emotional hit from what's going out in the market. So as a leader, how do you keep your team motivated? I'm reading a book called Dare to Lead. So it's actually really, really helping me to formulate exactly what I need to do because it is difficult. Um, it is something that my team we've we've come to the realization that you know what this is something that we have to challenge ourselves to do right so what i do even on our regular meetings weekly meetings we share our gratitudes um i let everybody go around and share gratitude because it is something right now with, with pandemic nobody people are like i don't have nothing to be grateful for but there is a, there is something to be grateful for so that's how i'm able to kind of open up my team people to talk about they're grateful for share some laughs and then you know talk about some targets that we need to hit and all that stuff so um and you know i'm very open with my team i'm very also i also get very vulnerable as well of course with vulnerability has to come with some boundaries but um really being open and really being vulnerable and sharing some success stories are still you know what they've done well and really you know pandas giving them the appreciation when they do something also goes a very long way you know um telling them thank you good job um because that's one of the ways to keep your team motivated right the achievements really recognizing the achievements that they've, they've been able to um achieve and the accomplishments is is another way to really get them motivated at this time so yeah I know within the tech space, it's difficult for women to raise funds. So if it was difficult before, I have to imagine when you step into the room and say, hi, I'm launching a travel company or trying to grow a travel company, the reception might be tepid at best. So how are you approaching fundraising at this time? Um, so right now I'm just gathering information for fundraising. I've met with several, um, investors are interested that they're just kind of on the sideline watching our journey. So we do, I do um, have meetings with them um, once a month to kind of keep them updated as to how far we are with things. So um, it is definitely going to be very difficult and I am aware of it. However, I'm also very optimistic that this is a market that is needed. And when I talk to other women, um, they're very, very excited about that. And um, recently, you know, I think I shared this on Instagram already. I, we we were selected as a top twenty for uh, for one of the prestigious um, tech, one of the prestigious tech accelerator program in the world. And unfortunately, we didn't get to the we didn't get picked to, as a top ten company. However, you know, when we went through our screening committee, one of the um, of the um, one of the committee members was super, super excited about our product. And she was so enthused about what we're bringing up. And I'm like, wow, I guess, you know, it kind of gave me a bit of a push. Like, yeah, I think this is, we're onto something here. We really onto something. So it's, it's definitely, I know it's not going to be easy, but it's really about pushing. I know I'm going to get thousands of no's, but I'm sure one, someone 
is going to say yes. And, and it's really a matter of time. Yeah. So what other milestones are you looking forward to hitting in the upcoming year? Some of the milestones, one, of course, raising funds. We're looking to raise a seed of one million um, come January onwards in the first quarter. Um, that's one milestone. Another milestone is releasing our AI travel assistance. Um, that is one of the milestones that we're looking at. And another milestone in next year is releasing our apps, which will be the iOS and also the, um, the Android apps for the application. Oh, that's exciting. Now, you know that our community is a community of builders who are looking to do something similar to what you're doing. So if you could give any parting advice to our community, what would it be regarding building a business? I would say that um, take your market validation very, very seriously. Um, Really, really validate your market. Um, sometimes you think that um, as founders, you know, we have a vision, we believe in it so much that we think everybody wants our product that we're building, but it could really mean that nobody wants your product. So I think that, um, you know, validating your idea, um, you know, taking all the steps to validate it to make sure that this idea will be viable in the market is very, very important. Um, also, not getting married to the idea right? Um, sometimes we get so attached to the idea that we don't want to take any feedback or any criticism. And, you know, I would say as a founder, be open to really share your idea with other people to get feedback. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard, like something like, oh my God, someone might steal my idea, but really if your idea is great and you are the one that is meant to do it, you are going to get it done. Right. Um, so really not getting married to the idea and really taking feedback from others um, is also a really good um, strategy to really make sure that the products you're building will be great in the market. So mm. that's, my, that's my piece of advice. for it. That's great advice. So all the while, are you still working a full time job while being a mom while running this business? Yes, I oh have. Gosh, what? But what? Actually, as of. Yesterday, I've been work. I've been full time. I, I got breaking did. news. Yeah. So as of yesterday, so I will be working full time on FemBnB um, from now onwards. And congrats! Thank you. So it's uh, it's been a journey, <laughs> a journey worth embracing. And um, and I know it will be very difficult, but for me, I feel like if I'm gonna have a safety net, I'm not gonna push myself to the max. So. Mm-hmm. When you don't have anything to fall back on, you're more likely to push yourself to to do things that are uncomfortable, to do things that, um, you know, to risk everything, basically. To, to it, When you don't have a safety net, you really go out of your comfort zone to get things done. And it has worked for me before. I, I know what I'm talking about. So it's, it's something that I need to get done again. <laughs> you know, quit that job and focus on this. I know right now there's no funding right now, but I think that I'm going to be able to push myself to the max knowing that I don't have any safety net. To well, I'm looking forward to seeing everything we know you're going to accomplish. So for everyone listening who wants to follow along with your journey, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at yeah, Y-A-A underscore Barago, which is B-I-R-A-G-O um, on Instagram. And also on Facebook, it's also Yeah Barago. Um, on, on Twitter, it's Yeah, which is Y-A-A Barago. And on LinkedIn, Yeah Barago as well. So everywhere, Yeah Barago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your story because I love that this is so real, that this is the reality of building a business. It's not all sunshine and roses. There certainly is a roller coaster to go through, and I appreciate how candid you've been with us today. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. I appreciate it. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.